It's Christmas! We're counting down to Christmas We're spending all of our pain We're getting so excited We need a holiday Crank up the Mariah as loud as it goes because we are back for the final episode of A Christmas Binge 2020. In case you don't know, my name is Brittany Stewart. I am a Melbourne-based journalist, host of another podcast called Beauty Island and absolutely obsessed with Christmas. That is exactly why I started a podcast all about the festive season last year and it got such a great response from all of you that here we are again. Now, what is a Christmas binge actually about? Well, all season we have been celebrating the spirit of the season by chatting to interesting people to find out how they celebrate. Uh, In past episodes, I've sat down with a guest and asked them about their Christmas binges, the show or film they watch religiously to get them in the festive mood, what they eat, and of course, their unique Christmas traditions. It's a light-hearted, festive fun to get us in the holiday spirit because goodness knows after what 2020 has thrown at us, we all need and deserve it. Today, for the season finale, I have something a little bit different for you. I am calling it a Christmas cracker of an episode because instead of sitting down with just one guest and asking them the questions about their Christmas binges and the things that we've covered in previous episodes, I'm speaking to a whole variety of people in today's episodes to cover different aspects of Christmas, different perspectives on Christmas, both fun and a little more serious, but all of which I think will give you some food for thought and add some tinsel into your Christmas preparations. So from what it's like to be spending Christmas in the UK away from family in Australia, given the current COVID restrictions, to chatting to a professional Christmas tree decorator who has been decorating the Christmas trees of all the well-known Australian famous faces, to a psychologist who will be sharing some important tips for the festive season and a very fun roundup of the good news Christmas stories making headlines around the world. So it is a bit of a bumper episode, a bit of a different format, but I hope that there is something for everyone in this episode and it's been really exciting to put it together. So thank you to everyone who has spoken to me. The usual disclaimer that um, I hope you will have heard by now that I know that Christmas isn't everyone's favourite time of year and particularly this year when it has been such a challenging year. There are so many people who are not able to spend Christmas how they how they usually do or how they want to. So I hope you feel that we have touched on some of those things, particularly in today's episode. And I know that I am so privileged to have, well, the the privilege and the freedom to be looking forward to this time of year, to be spending it with my family, to be talking about the food that we're going to eat and the gifts that we're going to give. So if this is a topic that you find hard, this might not be the podcast for you right now. But if it is you, please know you're not alone. Please hear the stories in today's episodes and please know that you're not the only one. And my DMs at a Christmas binge on Instagram and email beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com are always open if you wanted to share thoughts or reflections on Christmas or anything that we've talked about throughout the season. 
If you do enjoy this episode, please do me a Christmas miracle and favour by subscribing and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. That would give me the biggest and best Christmas to go through the reviews and hear about your thoughts and how much you've been enjoying the podcast, if you have. For a few more days, I will be sharing Christmas and post-Christmas memes on a Christmas binge. So uh, head over there on Instagram. And once you're sick of Christmas and want something else, a reminder that I do have an award-nominated beauty podcast called Beauty Island that delves into the memories behind people's favourite beauty products and there are several seasons for you to dive into as you lie there in your Christmas coma from eating too much uh, turkey or, or whatever food you have enjoyed this Christmas. I will stop babbling. We will get on to the first segment of this cracker of a Christmas show. Thank you so much for all your support and lovely messages about the season after 2020, it is has been a joy to kind of dive headfirst into the festive season and Christmas spirit and bring and make this for you. So thank you so, so much. And now over to the season finale. Enjoy. To kick us off for the finale, I thought it might be fitting to do a little roundup of some Christmas good news headlines. I know if anyone else is like me, you have been constantly refreshing the news um, <laughs> this past week and not necessarily feeling good about what you see. So this is a positive, uplifting, just a little light Christmas good news bulletin for you. Zoom is lifting the 40-minute time limit over Christmas and New Year's Eve. It is possibly our most used bit of tech this year, with many of us probably unaware of its existence before March, but now chatting service Zoom has announced it will lift its 40-minute time limit on all free accounts over the festive period, as many of us connect online instead of in real life. So the good news, or not so good news, if you've ever used this as an excuse to end a call, you can now chat away to the family for as long as you like. The modern Christmas tale of the quarantine traveller and the Sydney office workers from the Sydney Morning Herald. Now this story made me really smile a lot. When Bronwyn Young began 14 days of isolation in a Sydney hotel after returning to Australia, she didn't quite expect to make friends with the workers in the building next door. But that is exactly what happened thanks to some some window signs. In her second week in hotel quarantine, she noticed a sign up made of printed out letters in the building next door, spelling out Merry Christmas from us to you. What followed was an escalation of decorations and messages of support back and forth before a final phone call where Miss Young and the office workers actually got to speak. Miss Young had a friend drop off craft supplies so she could respond to their waves and messages to create her own Christmas window display from the hotel room. She said, really that last week is the toughest week and those guys just really helped me get through it. I was really quite overwhelmed by the kindness of strangers. I've talked to them on Facebook and on the phone and on my last day they messaged me to say best of luck to you and your daughter. Story number three. Good Samaritan anonymously pays $16,000 worth of customer laybys at a Gold Coast toy store. That is from the ABC. An anonymous Santa's helper has surprised customers with a massive gesture of Christmas goodwill after a tough year. 
staff said a woman came in with two others and paid the outstanding balances of more than 80 laybys earlier this month in an amazing act of generosity. One recipient was single mum of two, Alana Lozman, who had put a $60 deposit down on a $300 dollhouse at the store. She said it has helped massively for a single mum. It is so generous. I almost cried. A postie is helping those shielding on her round by dressing up as she delivers posts. That is from the BBC. Welsh postal worker Lucy Garlick has been delivering more than just letters on her post round during lockdown. She has also been what's turned out to be a bit of a lifeline to her local community, particularly for those who are not leaving their houses. From collecting shopping for people in lockdown to leaving Easter eggs for children throughout the year, she has made it her mission to bring a smile during lockdown and all while wearing fancy dress. She says her customers have even started leaving out silly socks for her to wear the following day as she wears the costumes on her rounds. And a final, final story for the Christmas Good News Roundup is top US infectious diseases expert, Dr Anthony Fauci, has assured children that Father Christmas is good to go for present delivery duty. He says he took a trip to the North Pole himself to vaccinate Father Christmas, so children around the world do not need to worry about Father Christmas getting in into any issues with Christmas present delivery because although coronavirus hasn't gone away, Father Christmas is vaccinated and safe and ready to deliver presents to children all over the world this Christmas without disruption. That is it for the Christmas good news headlines. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. We know that Christmas is going to be so different everywhere, so I dialed in to chat to my friend Steph, who is living in London, to find out how her Christmas will be different this year, what she's doing, and she also has some great advice for anyone in a different circumstance this year on how to kind of celebrate the differences and also how to bring your favourite traditions in too. And just a note that I spoke to Steph not long ago, just a week ago, but that was before the restrictions, particularly in the UK, changed about uh, meeting people for Christmas. So she does talk about her original plans, but just flagging that this was before the restrictions changed for the UK. Steph, welcome to A Christmas Binge. You are joining me from London. So hello and gosh, thinking of you. Oh, thanks very much. Yes, well, good evening, good morning. And um, we are on opposite <laughs> end of the day now. So good morning and good night. <laughs> Obviously, there is a lot going, well, that's like the understatement of the year. There is a lot going on, particularly in the UK at the moment. But we will start first with... Christmas I well obviously we are on a Christmas podcast but are you a Christmassy person like are you the kind of person that loves this time of year or or how do you how do you sit on a scale of one to ten on Christmas lover oh I'm definitely at at 10 plus on the the Christmas spectrum I absolutely love it I think I'd always describe myself as like the Mrs Claus level of like I'd start making mince pies in October um, even though I, even though I don't eat them, 
I'll just make them for everyone else. So I, yeah, very much, very much am a, am a, a Christmas person. And you have a, like quite a big family with a few siblings. So I imagine that Christmas growing up and even as an adult has always been a very fun and special time. So maybe you could tell me kind of your, your fondest memories of the last few Christmas, particularly because I know like you're an aunt now. So I think when children come into Christmas, it adds a whole nother dimension to it when you're an adult as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's been almost a kind of like hitting reset, I guess, when the kids come into the picture. So as you say, yeah, I've got two beautiful older sisters um, and I have five uh, nephews, well, nephews and a niece, four nephews and a niece, um, and them coming into it kind of hits reset on that because, you know, with cousins and everything as well and you grow up and you have this huge kind of raucous event that happens and everyone's toing and froing and people have to go to their in-laws and back again and it's just kind of a, a revolving door of Christmas but all quite adult and it's very much been lovely over the last sort of six years six years now um, of having that refresher of the kids again and getting to watch them open their presents and it just adds a whole new level of excitement. Now you have lived in the UK for how many years is it now? So you've been overseas for a while. I have for four and a half years now, five years in May. Although I'm saying maybe it's uh, four and a half Three and a half plus one. We're not counting 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. I think that's become the universal rule. If you don't want to count it, you don't have to count it. And so of those Christmases that you have spent living overseas, have you come back normally for every one of them or have you spent any away from home before? I, ha- I haven't come back for all of them. Um, it's been half-half really. So I my first Christmas over here, I was super determined to not go home, even though I desperately wanted to. I was like, no, I'm independent. I'm on my own. I'm going to be able to do this differently and do it with new people. I did manage to convince my best mate to come over here. So <laughs> that was um that was my compromise on that front. But no, I've I've kind of rotated between that of staying here and having um what I think any London expat would call an orphan's Christmas, um, which is basically just all the other Aussies, Kiwis and South Africans in London end up getting together to do um to do a Christmas lunch. So I've I've had a combination of of here and at home. And tell me about last Christmas. Last Christmas was a uh, unexpected trip home actually. I I'd, I'd planned to do it here um, and then for various reasons had plans fall through and so it was a really exciting kind of last minute decision to to come home and I actually had a couple of trips home in quite quick succession which ahead of what 2020 has turned out to be I'm very very grateful of. Last Christmas Day was up not quite so early well actually I should I should rewind a little bit we tend to start as a family our Christmas is very much starts on Christmas Eve there's just as many traditions on Christmas Eve as there are on Christmas Day. So um, it's always carols by candlelight, multiple boxes of roses, multiple glasses of Baileys, um, and kind of uh, equal parts enjoying and uh, enjoying a good bitch sesh as well about the, the carols by candlelight setup. So that's always the way it starts. Um, and then Christmas morning is just very much getting now that I'm a grown-up, um, getting the house ready for everybody to come around for lunch. And obviously because I'm a rare occurrence at home these days with my friends and family, um, it, it does make it a huge affair. So we have all my cousins and cousins' partners and their kids all coming around. So uh, my parents hosted and it was a lovely day. And I suppose, like you said, you know, one of the attractions of being in Europe and the UK is experiencing the Christmas that we see in kind of pop culture and everything else. Seems a silly question, but how has the lead up of kind of December and the feel of Christmas 
been this year? It's a that's a really good question. Equal parts, it feels like everyone is just clambering at the idea of Christmas as something to hold on to. And so it's quite kind of got an additional level of importance on it for people this year, I think. There's also been a, a lot of uncertainty around it. I mean, we have the permission from the government now to have the Christmas bubbles around that period so that, uh, you know, people can be with their grandparents or people like myself who are you know, over here without immediate family are able to have um, a close group of people around you, a limited group of people around you for that time. So that's fantastic now. And I think everyone's really excited for that. But there was just this almost air of not wanting to get your hopes up too much about what it could be for the fear that it it might end up being. We've had 10 months of staying at home too much and eating too much and it would just be another kind of day of that. So I think now that we know that people can do that, despite the fact that the country is in multiple tiers and people are coming in and out of restrictions constantly, um, I think the knowledge that people can be with their loved ones on Christmas has been a huge plus for people. If, if you have kind of your plans uh, tentatively arranged, what what will you be doing Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Yeah, I do. Um, so it's a, very much an orphan's Christmas for me this year. So in the that window that we have where we're allowed to be with other people, I've got another couple of friends who are also Australian who are over here. So we're, we're going to be spending those few days together. And it is nice to have that little bit of home comfort when we're together as well because the traditions are the same in terms of, you know, wanting I think we as same couple of girls that I had Christmas with a few years ago and you know having summer pudding for dessert in four degrees in December is quite a unique experience but we can all enjoy it together because we've got the the shared history on that front and I wonder as well obviously like you said you haven't come back every year for Christmas but does it feel different having the choice removed for you that knowing that you if even if you wanted to you can't? Absolutely. It's been that the whole time. You know, I I said I was super lucky to be able to come home in December last year um, and then again in February for a dear friend's wedding. So I had two really quick visits in quick succession. And in a normal year, I wouldn't have gone home again by now. You know, like I I tend to sort of go once a year max, sometimes pushing that a little bit beyond. So from a time frame. It's not that different, but yeah, not not having the opportunity to, as I did last year, go, oh, my plans fell through, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> the fact that I, I can no longer do that, um, yeah, it, it is challenging. And I think as well, you know, particularly this year and particularly Australia, which has been so kind of strict on like letting people in and out, has this year caused any kind of reflection for living so far from home, I wonder? Yeah, I, I mean... Absolutely, it has. Um, I think that the idea of how small the world is in a normal, quote unquote, normal year in the before times, um, it really is a small world. Yeah, it might take 24 hours and a three hour stopover in Singapore, but it is relatively easy to kind of, if you're lucky enough financially, to be able to get home and having that that taken away makes all of those miles across the sea seem very real. I suppose London or UK specific, are there any kind of December or Christmas traditions that you have kind of picked up or loved that you will either will or, you know, maybe won't be able to do to do this year? Like visiting lights or I don't know, a particular meal or anything like that? I think meal wise, I have to say my parents are both from the UK. So my mum's from England and my dad's from Scotland. So my 
Australian Christmases always had a tinge of, of Brit in them as well. Um, not you, Brit, the country Brit. Um, so uh, so I, I kind of, the discrepancy between those is, is very different. So there's no, definitely no, no prawns or, or crayfish or anything like that in a, in a UK Christmas morning. But um, I think pigs in blanket should be universal. And that's definitely something from here that I'll take with me going forward because who doesn't love that? Other than the vegans. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the vegans and the vegetarians, maybe. (laughs) Given all kind of the noise and things that are happening, what have you been, have you been watching or listening to anything in particular to kind of channel into the festive spirit or or untap? As you said, you do have that Mrs. Claus level, so it's there. How are you kind of bringing it out this year? Um, Definitely the kind of Card writing is a huge one for me and I'll always put something on the TV that is massively Christmassy and probably super cliched. Um, I think last year it was Casey Musgrave's Christmas special came out like just at the prime time to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and write cards. Um, And then this year it was uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas special. So I've definitely, there's a theme running through there, but putting something Christmassy on the telly, getting the tree up, um, and sitting down, I'd say card writing is a huge trigger, Christmas trigger for me. Finally, obviously, this isn't your first Christmas away from home. So for anyone who it is, would you have any like a message or a tip or, or a piece of advice for anyone who is spending their first Christmas away from, from family? I would say em- embrace the differences of it. So find excitement in that. If it's cold rather than hot, don't make you think that's not Christmas. It's, you know, the kind of the embracing the differences in that side of things. Um, And then equally, and I guess equally and opposed, is to say bring something that means Christmas to you in into whatever you're doing, wherever you are. So as I say, we had summer puddings in four degrees a couple of years ago. So that was certainly not not traditional, but something that felt like Christmas to me. So I'd say, yeah, look, look for the thing that you can bring from your normal Christmas with you, even though you're away from home. I love that. Thinking of you and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year when we get there as well. Thanks, Britters. Good to chat to you. Bye. Bye. Bespoke Christmas tree stylist. It's not exactly the most common job title, but it is the real life job title and business for one woman, Alana Arena is a bespoke Christmas tree stylist to not just anyone, but to some of Australia's famous faces under the business name Dasher and Dancer. And I had to get her on the show and pick her brain about firstly, what that involves, how expensive these crazy impressive trees are. And of course, some tips and tricks on decorating on decorating your tree. And we've talked about it a lot on this show, but we do get the professional and final verdict on the tinsel. Uh, this was a really interesting chat and there were some really great tips. So, so enjoy. Alana, welcome to A Christmas Binge. I am very excited to be talking to you today. The most logical place for us to start is your job now revolves around all things Christmas. So where did that love of Christmas come from? Is it something that you've always enjoyed and kind of been not necessarily obsessed with, but really loved? <laughs> I've always loved Christmas. I just think that time of the year... It's just really fun. The idea of Santa Claus, you know, I've got I've got children decorating the home. 
spending time with your family, the rush of, you know, going out to buy the presents, the unwrapping the presents, the whole, I love the lead up. I really love the lead up to Christmas. I just think it's such a beautiful time. Yeah, it's, it's always so busy, but I just love it. And, and I love decorating and creating an ambience. And you're obviously now creating those beautiful trees and ambience and decorations for other people. When it comes to your own tree and decorations at home, do you do it before you do everything else? Or is it by the time you've done everyone else? <laughs> you, you kind of <laughs> I nearly didn't get mine up this year, but I um, managed to because I've got a, a bit of a different tree this year and it was a bit delayed coming uh, from overseas, but I ended up doing it in between my jobs. But yeah, I sort of fit it in now. It's a bit different now because I'm doing this for everybody. So I, I always make sure mine's up at some point. <laughs> it's funny because everyone's like, oh, so have you got your tree up? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get it up one night, one night when I finished work. So yeah, it's really, it's lovely. It's a really love. I, I love doing it. So it doesn't bother me to continue at, at midnight putting it up. And we'll talk about some of the decorating or styling trends that we're seeing. But you, you mentioned just there that you've got a different tree this year. What kind of tree is it? Or what kind of theme have you gone for in your own home this year? So I love the Grinch. I absolutely love the story of the Grinch. And I've actually had a tree designed for Dancer and Dasher that looks like it belongs in Whoville and I've decorated it with really quirky and whimsical decorations and yeah I'm going for that sort of feel very bold peppermint shaped ornaments and it's really fun really fun. That sounds incredible as you mentioned you are a bespoke Christmas tree decorator so and you're doing it for lots of different people and not just lots of different people, lots of well-known faces and people. Yes. So kind of to, to start with, where did the idea for doing that as a, as a business come from? How did you actually get started and, and build it up? So I've, I've always loved designing trees, like a total look. And I've loved, I love seeing it finished. Like I'm not that type of person that can say, okay, this year I'll spend X amount and I'm just going to use, I'll I'll do the tree however, and next year I'll just keep adding and adding. I like to see it fully completed and done. So every year I'd put up a tree and it'd be fully done and fully completed and I'd want to do a new one the year after. And I'm like, this is a sickness. (laughs) This is a, (laughs) I've got issues here. Like if I can't, like I, I just want to, and I said, you know what? I said to my husband, I said, you know what my dream job would be? I'd love to be like an interior um, designer or interior decorator, I should say, that goes into a home, looks at the space and does the whole, you know, I can just have free reign and the client can just say, yep, I trust you. I want that theme or that look, do it for me. Shop the look, source the decorations and um, put it up. So it's always been a dream. And yeah, it wasn't until the way with um, some girlfriends one weekend and they're like, Alana, just put it up on Instagram. What have you got to lose? Put up your designs and just see how you go. It was very daunting at first because I'm a bit shy with, with that sort of thing. I'd put up an Instagram, like a page and I'd, I'd put it up and I'd get like 10 followers or 20 followers and I'd have to delete it. And I go, oh, what am I doing? I don't know if people are going to like this. This is, you know, my style, my taste. And, um, and then yeah, like I said, we went away. My girlfriends pushed me. I put them up and I got Roxy Jasenko as my um, first client. And But mind you, before I had started this page, I've been helping a lot of friends and family, you know, that that they'd be like, Alana, what should I do here? Or can you get me this? Or can you find that? And can you help me put my tree up? So I've been doing it for a few years prior, but 
like when my friends would come over for like a Christmas get together, they're like, these trees are just incredible. Just you've got to do something with it. I sort of made up the job title, I think, because when I tell people, they're like, what's that? I'm like, um, yeah, I just, I style Christmas trees. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's an absolute dream, but to be able to do it. And I noticed we are talking at the start of December, which I think is a common time for most people to start putting up their trees. But I imagine for you, when you're working with clients, the kind of work and preparation happens kind of well before now. Oh, yes. So maybe you could talk us through a little bit about, so say a client comes to you and, and wants you to do their tree for them. How does the process work? How far in advance are you planning and how collaborative do you do you kind of put forward your vision or does the client say what they want how does the process work tell us a bit more about that what happens is I get booked from say year to year so I will put it out there for my booking for next year sorry my bookings for next year so what happens is in December I get a deposit from the client uh, and then by about February um, I start we get all the trends and what the major my major suppliers from overseas are releasing for this year for the yeah for the so this will be year yeah next year and then I start I have to put all my orders in by say February latest March uh, and then I, I don't get my stock until um yes at the end of the year this year was a bit of a spanner in the works because COVID really threw off a lot of that. It was really, really hard this year and there's still a lot that's coming through still, like delayed containers and that sort of thing. But it is, it's very hard forecast as well because you sort of don't know exact, you know, what's going to be coming through, but you can see certain patterns with different trends that come in. So, yeah, you know what's popular. So there's always your luxe theme where you've got your silvers and champagnes and your glass, which that's probably one of the most popular um, trends that people tend to want. And then you've got more your candy and your peppermint, uh, which is one that's more novelty and fun um, but has come through quite a few years in a row. And then you've got your traditional sort of um, greens and golds and that sort of thing. And then, you know, there's a few other themes that you that still come through each year, but you, you sort of have to forecast yourself. In saying that, sorry, it's how I put it all together as well because I source from a lot of different um, suppliers. And when you're talking about kind of sourcing like the decorations and, and all the bits that will come together to create this beautiful uh, tree and, and, and picture almost, what are you looking for? Like what for, for the rest of us who are looking for decorations and things like that, what's kind of that, that thing that makes something special or worthwhile or that catches your eye that warrants it worthy of the trees that you're yes. creating? I'm a bit of a nut and like I know what is available to the, you know, to the consumer here, what, what people have access to say with you know your, your big your David Jones your Maya you know your typical where people are going to shop for Christmas so they sort of run with the same ish sort of decorations each year so I always try to think out of the square I always like looking for very different different shape different sizes things that you don't usually find in just your retail shop or your Christmas shop so it's always if this it's a standout piece, like really different, like garlands and, you know, big icicles. So, yeah, I, I sort of know what, like I've seen come through just, you know, in your 
your, your, I don't know, how would you say it, just your department stores. So I always try and think out of that. What's different and what can people not access? What's not coming through here to Australia? So that's what that's what my yeah my key buying point you could say for um the trees are I always like different and do you have a particular I, I imagine there's there's been a lot but can you think of a particular decoration or piece that you were kind of really you really coveted or you were really proud of of finding that was particularly different whether it's for your own trees over the years or for one of your clients yeah I really like I use a light up tree topper. Um, that I use like sometimes just the typical angel the typical star I like using creating it myself designing it myself so I'll use some different picks some different sprays you know I'll pop some snowflakes up there and and I've got this light up topper that I've used and I absolutely love it because it's just adds a bit of bit more light and it's yeah just it's a bit more fun than just your usual um, star so that's my that's my um, special piece that I really, really like using. And you mentioned, obviously, you have to do a lot of kind of forecasting and anticipating what the trends will, will kind of trickle down to be. What are some of the key trends, whether that's themes or colours or styles that you're seeing this year? This year, yeah, a lot of the Lux theme is um, really, really popular. And I've had a lot of orders with that, I think, because it's very classic can use it each year so you've got your silvers your champagnes your golds your whites and it's something sort of neutral that say if you want to um, introduce a color like a you know the year after you might add some blush pink ornaments or some mint greens or some really icy blues it's a really good base to invest in Uh, so I found a lot of people are asking for that sort of color palette Um, another color palette uh, sorry another theme that is really popular is that I'm finding is the Australian theme with a lot of dried flowers um, a lot of yeah artificial say ferns very you know more of a sort of minimal look but yeah with a lot of um, natives in there so that's another theme the candy theme is really um, really popular as well so with like pastel tones and, and a bit fun you've got your ice creams and your cupcakes and yeah, it's a bit more of a kid-like thing. Do you see a kind of trend or leaning towards do your clients or do you have a preference for kind of artificial trees or, or real trees? I prefer artificial trees only because um, my trees are very heavily decorated and there's no way um, a real tree would be able to hold the amount of decorations I stuff into that tree Um yeah, it would fall over. Like it wouldn't even. Yeah, there's no way I can create what I what I what I do on and um, sorry on a on a real tree. So artificial is the way to go for me. But I do find a lot of people still uh, when I speak to people, a lot of people still really like the real tree. I think because of the smell, um, and they use a lot of. Um, they still fill them quite a bit with decorations, but not. They fill them a bit, but not you know to my. <laughs> to my craziness. Well, two things. Firstly, like you said, your trees, you know, there's no there's no chance of any of your trees looking sparse because you do have so many great decorations on them. How do you strike that balance? Like how do you know if you've gone too far with too much? Where where's that line for you? Uh, when the tree falls over. <laughs> when that's, when that's a good indication. And you're like, okay. I used to have a rule. I used to be very, if I saw any bit of green, it used to bother me because I like it really full. Um, but now sometimes I just step back and I'm like, okay, 
you can't take away from the tree itself. So even though I like it really full, I just have to look away for a minute, come back, uh, make sure that it's still holding its shape. Um, and that's how the shape guides me, the tree shape guides me. And when kind of that structure is so integral to the final look, I know particularly for I've seen in the shops, you can get those kind of hooks for your decorations as opposed yes. to just hooking your decorations uh, directly yes. onto the branches. Do you have a, a preference or suggestion for those? Like are they are they worthwhile or do you not bother? I use them actually um, for a client who she wanted me to add a little bit of hers that she had previously and they had the hooks. They're not too bad. But what I, what I use, I just use some florist wire and I wire them myself. I wire them myself so they actually, some of them sit stiff on the end and they don't move because those hooks, they can still dangle. So sometimes you still have a bit of a drop, but if you want the decoration to be in that one spot and not move and not hang, that's when I, I use a little bit of florist wire and I wire them. They look, they're great and they don't move, but they're a bit of a pain when you've got to take them out. <laughs> That's a great tip. I love that. I haven't heard yeah. of that before. We've talked about, obviously, I have seen on social you popping up at a few famous people's houses this yes. year. Roxy Desenko that you mentioned. I know Delta Goodrum is another one who has a Christmas album out, so it's even more kind of timely yes. this year. So tell me a bit more about some of the clients or the your favourite projects that you've worked on either this year or on previous years or, or any that you kind of pinched yourself that you're doing the tree for this person. When it first happened, I actually get quite starstruck, to be honest. Well, before this, before all this, I used to get quite starstruck. So when, when I found out that I was doing Roxy's tree, I seriously didn't eat for three days um, because I was like, oh, my goodness, like, going to like I'm going to her house and she wants me in there and she wants a piece of me or a piece of my brand um in there so I was quite overwhelmed then once I did her I was fine um all the the celebrities yeah they're big names but they're they're beautiful people and yeah I treat them like all of my clients so it was um it's been really lovely really lovely to be able to to go into their homes and to know that you're creating something that is going to be up and they're going to enjoy it such, such a special time of the year with their family. So it's um, it's been great. And I can't really pinpoint which tree or which project I like because they're all so different. And I, it's like I give, it's really funny, I do these trees and I put so much love into them and then when I have to give them away, it's like it's so sad. It's, it's like, <laughs> oh, no, piece of me going, it's going. Because um, you just, you, I put 100% in, so... Yeah, they're all different and I've loved I've loved all of them. I've loved working on all of them. So I can't really say one. That's fair enough. Totally fair enough. And you mentioned obviously you are you well fully booked for this year, already taking bookings for next year. By the twenty fifth of December this year, how many a rough idea of how many trees you would have um put up and decorated this year? So because of COVID and delays in stock, I've put up twenty, only twenty this year. So That's a lot of trees. <laughs> it's still a lot of trees, but I was plan like I was planning to do more. But unfortunately, yeah, I, I did get more stock, so I was going to release um, some extra things because it's really hard. Sometimes people aren't thinking too much about it, so I thought I'll get a, a few extras because I know people are going to then bombard me at the end of the year. 
but I couldn't, yeah, like I said, I've still got some stock coming, so it'll be too late. So, but next year it will be, um, yeah, every year I'll just keep adding um, the numbers. I love that. Bigger and better each year for sure. I love that on your website you're very much like, for you, whether it's a smaller budget or a bigger budget, you create these beautiful trees and decorations. What is some of that range? Like what could people be spending on their trees? So for about a six to six and a half foot tree, just your decorations on their own in a decoration package, you'd be looking at about um, $2,500 for the decorations. Uh, and then an install for that, you're looking at about, say, $1,000 to have it put up. Uh, you can use your own tree uh, or you can I can source one for you. So the tree um, supply just depends on the style and the, the type of tree that you want. Uh, and then obviously as the tree gets bigger, you know, the bracket, it just gets a bit higher. So because you've obviously got to fill the tree more, you get a bit of criticism here and there going, oh my gosh, that much for a tree. But if you calculate and you calculate what you spend to get at that full every year, it would come to something like that anyway. So it's, people want it now. That's, that's why, that's why I'm doing this and I'm creating the total look because the tree is complete. You don't have to add the following year. It's all done for you. And I think it's also about what you were saying, you know, obviously it's if you, if you can afford these things and, and, and you love Christmas, then why not create that really, those really special memories. People buy, exactly. People buy designer bags, designer shoes. I spend this much on a car. Well, you know what? I've got a tree that I spend that much on. So, and that's what makes me happy. So everyone's different there's obviously no right way to decorate your tree or wrong way it's all you know entirely um subjective whatever you love but do you I'm, I'm i'm thinking to my own family we have like a very strict process when we decorate the tree led by my my dad who is an engineer so he likes his organization <laughs> projects but you know it's very much like the lights have to go on first and then we do the baubles and then we do the other decorations and then we do the final um touches do you have any of those kind of yes yes so obviously the tree goes up it gets all fluffed out which it's not five minutes to fluff a tree it's a good 20 minutes to half an hour to fluff the tree to really make sure all the branches are, are puffed out and and, and spiked out the way that, you know, because it's been in a box for a year, squashed up. So the fluffing is first. Then uh, if it's pre-lit, awesome. If it's not, we start with the lights and pop them all in. And then, mind you, after, sorry, before I've started with the lights, I've already laid down my decorations on a sheet on the floor with everything, like all the same suit. So all your small baubles, all your, say, poinsettia flowers, all your garlands, etc. cetera. Uh, and then we start with our big ornaments. So if you've got some elves you want to pop in the tree or you've got some really large baubles, even those fennel decorations, you, I pop all the large things in first. And then I use my fillers. So I've got, I use a lot of, like I said, sprays, which are um, those artificial sort of uh, berries or they drape. I put those in. Sorry, before that, yeah, sorry, with the large ornaments, I even put garlands in there as well. So all your big items, always start with your big items uh, and then stuff with all your poinsettia flowers. And then I usually leave the small items to the end to fill in the gaps. And are there any particular, you know, you've mentioned particular types of decorations and ornaments that you love. Are there any that kind of personally you're not so keen on? I know like things like tinsel seem to be a bit yeah. divisive. Mm-hmm. What are your? 
I absolutely hate tinsel. That's one thing that I don't know who invented that, but <laughs> but I did do a client's tree not long ago and she loved tinsel. So I did her tree and she really wanted the tinsel and I did something a bit different with the tinsel. I stuffed the tinsel in the tree and God, it looked good because what it was, the inside of the tree, sometimes it's still bare. You can fluff out the branches as much as you can, but you can still see holes. So I used the tinsel and I, I bunched the tinsel and I stuffed it in and then I put the decorations over the top. So it's like as if the tinsel was glowing from inside. That's the, that's the only way I use tinsel. Yeah, it was really effective. I also, this is just kind of an observation. I went and bought some new Christmas decorations um, a few weeks ago and I was kind of blown away by how big baubles have gotten. Some of them are huge these days. Yes, yes. I think they're just trying to change. I think people are going for bigger trees as well. So sometimes when you've got a hundred of the little baubles, it can be a bit too busy. So I think now they're really changing, which is good, changing the shape and the sizes because I think, I don't know, to me when there's a lot of little, little baubles, it can be a bit bit too busy. We've talked about obviously all the lead up and decorating the trees and obviously we want to maximize and enjoy the trees for as long as possible but to finish us off I would love to know in your opinion when should the tree come down after Christmas? Obviously after Christmas but I have to say I have to confess I actually can't look at my tree after the 26th of December. I know it's so strange. I love it or before I'll put it up in October. Sometimes I even put it up, you know, Halloween. I'll put it up. I don't care. Uh, I'll get it up really early and I love looking at it, love looking at it. But come the 26th of December, for me, it's off because Christmas is finished. It's over. It's the lead up and the anticipation that I love. (laughs) I'm crazy. They're like, what? You do. You love it so much. I I think you'd want it for a month after. I'm like, no, I can't look at it. It's just such a, I'm an odd person. You're you're already planning the next tree. Your mind's going to the next tree. 2020 is done. (laughs) But um, a lot of people I know, some people wait until the 7th of January. A lot of people have Orthodox Christmas and that sort of thing, which is on the 7th of January. So some people wait till the 14th. I think any time in January, really. If you can't be bothered, you're taking it down still on Australia Day. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm Boxing Day. I'm on the extreme. Alana, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed having a chat. So many of us are missing people we love this Christmas and it's not just specific to Christmas, it is any kind of milestone and special occasion that things can be a a little bit harder than normal. So I was really proud to chat to my friend Lauren. Now Lauren's mum passed away nearly two years ago and she was very kind enough to tell us a bit about how she's feeling about what will be the second Christmas without her mum, but really why this one might be the hardest one yet as well. Lauren, thank you so much for speaking to me on a Christmas binge today. How are you going? Well, really good, Brett. How are you? I am very good, thank you. It is so nice. We used to work together, so it's very nice to see your face all the way from Queensland. 
a reunion of sorts because it's been a while. It is. It is. Now, we are obviously talking all about Christmas at the moment and we've been exploring on the podcast a lot of different ways that people celebrate and how they feel about the time of year. And I know that you have some particular memories and feelings around Christmas that I know a lot of people will relate to and share. So I suppose a good place for us to start is to talk about your lovely mum. And I would love to know, I suppose first, if you had to kind of describe her in three words, how would you describe her? Tell us a bit more about her. I reckon the easiest way to describe her, and I describe her this way to everybody that never got to meet her, she is without a doubt the most fashionable human on the planet. Like she, so she was just to give a little bit of background. She comes from a, she was born in a little town in central Queensland called Tambo. And it's, it's this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, so generally the people are, you know, really just your, your genuine country folk. And she come to Brisbane um, when she was quite young and I don't know how, where she picked it up, but she just had this amazing sense of style and just knew before anyone else could see, could, could envision an outfit, she had it already picked out in the head from like head to toe, shoes, bags, jewellery, everything. Um, and she actually got a job here in Brisbane working at a boutique and so that's what she did but has a full-time job. She just got to style people back in the day when that was like a, you know, a, a full-time nine-to-five job. Um, yeah, no, she was the most fashionable person on the planet without a doubt. <laughs> and I love that that's definitely something that you've inherited as well. I, like, oh, I, I try. <laughs> I try. Every time I get dressed in the morning, I'm like, oh, God, what, what would she want me to wear, you know? But, um, yeah, no, and, and I've got so many things that she picked out for me too and I like you know you go through your cupboard every every season or every year and you kind of go oh, I'll sort of donate that or I'll try and sell that or I'll keep it everything that she's picked out for me over the years I'm like I don't care whether I've never haven't worn it for ages like I'm not getting rid of it at all because it's just little sort of like like bits of her in the wardrobe if you like and so when I go shopping I try to try to think of those pieces and sort of build the wardrobe around them rather than trying to just make something up as I go. So yeah, I like to think that she's she's helping me in some little way when I go shopping. But um but yes, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Tell me a bit about particularly Christmas is particularly magical when we're younger, when we really get into it. So tell me a bit more about your early memories of of Christmases with your mum and your family. Probably my most fondest memory of Christmas time with mum is her cooking. She learnt to cook when she was really young and she was just the most epic cook, like everything she could cook. There wasn't a single thing that she couldn't cook. Um, but at Christmas time, she used to make Christmas puddings for everybody, for all our sort of close friends and family, and she'd start them well in advance, like sort of mid-November, sort of like towards the end of November, give herself a good couple of weeks to prep everything and make sure that everyone got them in time to have them at Christmas if they didn't live close by to us. And so that was just really special, like waking up in the morning and the whole house smelling of Christmas pudding and like rum balls and, you know, um, yeah, and it's just so good. And it sort of, it, it stretched out the Christmas period too, in a way, because you felt like you had the whole, you know, three weeks before Christmas where it was just 
mum cooking and buying presents and and she had a real knack for wrapping presents too you know how you see Christmas presents that are just so beautifully wrapped yeah she just she could do it all you know it is an absolute curling, skill. curling ribbons and all that sort of stuff every time I tried to do it I just it failed miserably but she could just do it she just had an ability to just do it all what about your last few Christmases with your mum what stands out to you? What were they like? Our last, our last, probably our last Christmas. Christmases have, for us have probably been fairly simple. It's just been the three of us for the last good, probably 15 years, I think. And that was purely because, you know, family sort of lived lived in up north, um, in North Queensland. And so we didn't really get together as often as we probably would like. So Christmas was really simple. We would just go and get whole bunch of seafood and just have seafood and champagne because that was just they were two of mum's favorite things and um and it just kept the day really simple as well so we could just get up in the morning have like poached eggs and ham for breakfast and glass of champagne and then we just eat seafood all day and then nap in the afternoon like that was just Christmas day for us and because it's so hot here you just you almost don't have the energy to do anything else but yeah, but it was nice it just being the three of us in a way, even though it wasn't as exciting as, you know, some of my friends. They have these big, big epic days with their extended families for Christmas. Um, it was never really anything like that, but it was still really nice, really special. And I think this Christmas will be the second Christmas since she passed away is that right it will it will crazy and like we were fortunate to not be here last Christmas and I was thinking about it when you when you we were sort of talking about what we would be discussing I think being away last Christmas almost shielded us from all the usual Christmas fanfare and being in uh, we went to Hawaii we were in Hawaii for about 10 days and we got there on Christmas Eve which I think we timed it perfectly too and but like to our surprise, Hawaii didn't really make too much of a deal about Christmas. You couldn't really tell either way that it was actually Christmas there unless you went to the, the shopping centre. So we spent most of our time at the beach, at the hotel pool, that sort of thing. The hotel had decorations and a tree and things like that, but otherwise no one was really making a big deal about Christmas. So I think that probably helped us a bit as well um, to get through that first one. So the, the, this one actually feels like the first one. If that makes sense, you know, like it because we're at home and we're forced to be at home this year, it sort of feels like the first as opposed to last year. And how are you kind of feeling about this Christmas? Obviously, you mentioned that in some ways this this does feel like the first one that you can actually probably like compare the experiences, which I think makes it harder. Yeah, I mean, a lot of I think a lot of people, you know, when you when you lose somebody, a lot of people will, you know inject their opinion wherever they kind of can, just like with anything. But a lot of people have said to me in the last couple of weeks that this Christmas will be easier. But I actually think last Christmas was easier because we didn't treat it like Christmas. We just hadn't had a holiday for such a long time. And and last year was such an emotional year that we just thought, you know what, we're just going to go away. We're going to forget about Christmas. We're going to forget about New Year and just have a break. And whereas this year, we're kind of forced to just face it in a way so I've been thinking about it a lot and I don't really know how I feel yet like I I feel like the lead up sometimes can be worse than the actual day but um I think dad and I probably are just going to try and keep it as low-key as possible um you know, he at the moment he's sort of struggling with what to get me for Christmas. He's like, I've got to buy you something. I'm like, no, you really don't. Let's just 
not make it a Christmas. Like it just let's just let the day pass. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. I think we just take it as it comes. Um, we wake up, wake up on the day, and sort of decide decide how we feel then. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely different this year as opposed to last year. That's for sure. And I think there's absolutely something to be said for, you know, there is a lot of pressure around what we're supposed to do at Christmas, how we're supposed to feel at Christmas. So I think it's, you know, it's 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 important to know and kind of refreshing to hear that, like, you don't have to subscribe to all those things. Like, people feel so differently about the day. And like you said, mm. just see how you feel on the day, see what you want to do. And that's, that's if that's what you need to do, then that's the best way to do Christmas for you yeah I think so and and for so long Christmas has been it has been such a big deal you know when you're young it's the most exciting time of the year and you get together with your family and you know that you you know you wake up and you get presents and and you have a you know a delicious lunch and and you get to sort of feel all the love around Christmas but then as you get older you kind of realize that Christmas is kind of whatever you want it to be it doesn't have to be this big you know this big celebration it can just be a quiet day at home eating seafood and drinking champagne and then having a nap you know like it doesn't have to be this big sort of I don't know big fanfare um almost like they hype it up to be this big kind of like New Year's Eve they hype it up to be this big thing and you go and you put in all this effort and people spend weeks and weeks cooking and doing all the stuff and then you get to Christmas Day and you kind of go I'm exhausted now you know um Mm. but um and I know that you know it's not just Christmas there would be other special occasions and you know probably every day that you are thinking or reminded of your mum so I wondered if there were any kind of I don't know whether traditions or rituals is the right word but kind of things you do or things that you reflect on or look on to kind of honor your memory of your mum I think probably the main sort of Christmassy one it's fortunate that her favorite color was red. So Christmas is like the best time of year because the house is just covered in red. She actually, her interior decorating skills is another really great skill set that she had. So there's red all around the house, red ornaments and sort of red cushions on the couch, all that sort of thing. So Christmas is great in our house because everything's on 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 theme. But I think the main one for us will be, you know, the seafood lunch champagne really nice bottle of red wine because she loved red wine um and I'm also going to be I think I'm over committing but I'm going to try really really hard this year and make her trifle recipe because she always made a trifle at Christmas I'm going to do a trial run in the next like couple of days and see how it goes but yeah I've I've made a promise to myself this year seeing as we're going to be at home to make a trifle so we'll see how it goes incredible well I hope um (laughs) I hope it goes well (laughs) so do I I'm sure it will be. I have full confidence in you. <laughs> and finally, I guess, what if you if you feel you're at that stage or you feel comfortable to, what advice or message would you give to someone who's also in the same boat of facing, you know, it could be the first or it could be, you know, the 10th Christmas without mm-hmm. a special occasion, without someone you love, or just the thing that you want people to know that they, if they have someone who's in a similar situation of what they can do or they shouldn't do or avoid doing to kind of make make the time easier for, for you as well? Yeah, I think the main thing is not to expect too much from yourself. Um, that's probably one of the 
the biggest things I've learned in the last sort of 18 months is that, you know, you can't sort of, you feel bad if you commit to too much and then on the day you don't feel up to it and then you either have to cancel or you have to put on a brave face and and get through it. So the easiest thing for me is that I try not to say yes to things that I kind of should just say no to or say yes to things before I know whether I really want to do it or whether I'm going to feel up to doing it. And and like you said, whether it's your first Christmas, second Christmas like me, or it could be your 15th, 20th Christmas, um, I think regardless of what other people think, it, it hurts all the same, you know, like it's not, it, it really, it doesn't matter how much time passes, it's sort of you're still it's still a celebrate a celebration in a way, but it's still a, a, a special event in the year that you have to get through without that person. So I think, you know, decide what to do based on how you feel when you wake up and just do as much as you can that day without overdoing it. Go for a walk, have a really good breakfast, like yummy lunch, um, you know, play your loved one's favourite music. I know that's what we'll be doing all day on Christmas Day and, you know, cry as much as you need to. (laughs) Like I I felt really bad. I feel really bad sometimes because there will be days where I just cannot function and I will just want to stay in bed all day and cry. And I go, you know what, I'm going to let myself cry as long as I need to and then I'm going to get up and dust myself off and keep going. Whereas if you stop yourself from feeling all the things that you need to feel, that's when you get to a point where it bottles up and it explodes and it's just not good for anybody so yeah I think that's the the main thing is just to not put too much expectation on yourself and just take every day as it comes and what what is that favorite music that you'll be playing is it a song or an album that she loves? Uh, she she has really good taste in music which is no surprise but she loved Phil Collins with all Amazing. her heart. We actually got to go and see him in concert in Brisbane last, not January, just gone, January 9, 2019, and it was the best. So, yes, we've got his, we've got actually we've got a concert DVD, which I don't even know if those things still exist, but we've got a concert DVD from like 2002 or something and we will play it on the television so we can watch the performance and listen to the music. Wonderful. So it'll be really good. Past Christmas into the new year, you know, 2020 has been kind of a hard year as a baseline, not to mention all these other things that we have spoken about that you have amazingly open and resilient about talking about today. When you get to the end of the year, when you say goodbye to 2020, what's kind of the reflection or takeaway that really stands out to you? Um, that I made it, <laughs> the main one, um, which yeah. I think a lot of us will be in the same boat. We kind of go, oh my gosh, thank God that's over. But yeah, I think just getting through it has been an achievement and a half, I think, especially because last year, the last half of last year was so tough for us, but then we sort of got to this year and we thought, okay, this this will be a really good year. We had so much travel planned and all these sorts of fun things and then we got to March. Fortunately, we had our March trip, which we didn't think we were going to get, but we managed to have it and then everything sort of took off with COVID here. So, um, And then Dad got sick in May. So Dad's been sort of, we've been sort of juggling that for the last eight, ish months so yeah we will both just be really happy to see the back end of 2020 and just we have to just cross our fingers that 2021 is going to be better 
<laughs> Absolutely, everything crossed that 2021 brings you. Everything crossed. You missed and everything beyond that. Thank you. And you too. It's been, a, it's been a really, really tough year for everybody, I think. I think, like you said, when it strikes, you know, 1201, there's just going to be a sigh of relief, not a cheer, just a sigh Do of relief. We- Probably one thing I wish I had this time last year is somebody, I guess, talking to me about how to get through Christmas um, or get get through the the milestones, if you like, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, all those sorts of things. Um, And like I said, I think the the main thing that I've learned is to just not put any expectation on yourself. everybody needs everybody's going to deal with things in their own way and that's another thing that you know you can't you can't really tell someone how to deal with the the tough days like christmas day and 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 all that sort of thing but you can sort of i suppose still be there to support people and that's probably probably one thing that you know a lot of people that will listen to this episode will will you know, want to know is is how can I support my friend who's dealing with lo- having lost someone through this time of year? Because I know some of my girlfriends with the best of they have the best of intentions. They come to me some days and they go, I like I just don't know what to say, but I'm here for you at the same time. So which is good. Like I said to them, I said I I know that you don't have the answers and you're not going to be able to to sort of fix anything, but just being available or you know showing me support in whatever way you can is enough sometimes you know thank you so much for I know that this is obviously you know such a hard thing to talk about but to not only speak to us so openly about it but also so eloquently as well in all your advice and messages I'm I'm so so appreciative oh thank you I'm glad I'm just I'm just glad it's the first thing that I've done that where I haven't cried. So I'm, I'm making, I must be making some kind of progress, which is a massive tick for 2020. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. My thoughts and love to anyone who is feeling the same and is missing someone this Christmas. As I mentioned, um, if you are finding this period of time hard or you need someone to talk to, there is a list of resources and people you can talk to in the show notes. Oh, hi. Who is it? I wanted to bring your attention to two Twitter hashtags, festive related Twitter hashtags that I think are going to be really important this year. The first one is hashtag join in. If you don't know what that is, it is a hashtag that that British comedian Sarah Milligan started 10 years ago as a way to connect uh, everyone on Twitter or online who fancied some company on Christmas Day. So for anyone who is alone or feeling a bit lonely in the lead up to Christmas or find themselves feeling that way on Christmas Day, I highly, highly recommend jumping on Twitter and searching the hashtag join in, all one word. You can also read the threads of all the previous conversations. So everyone around the world on different time zones uh, uses the hashtag to kind of share about what they're doing, how they're feeling and connect with other people in the same way. Uh, So just something to think about if you find yourself feeling a little lonely this Christmas. And the second hashtag that I have is a 
hilarious one that everyone needs to follow. It started a few years ago by a Twitter user called Rodri Marsden. And it is hashtag duvet know it's Christmas. So that's duvet, the British equivalent of a doona, D-U-V-E-T. Obviously a French word originally, but what the British refer to. Duvet know it's Christmas, all one word. It started when there's this joke about, you know, when you usually go home for Christmas and, you know, maybe there isn't the whole bedroom for you and your mum or your grandma or your mother-in-law sets up a little... um, bed for you to stay in. Sometimes it's in the spare room, Somebody. sometimes it's next to the sofa, sometimes it's in a cupboard. Uh, <laughs> and he shared a picture of his sleeping arrangements for Christmas with, you know, certain bedspreads in a room full of dolls, just the kind of really strange and funny places that we find ourselves sleeping over the festive period. And it absolutely took off. And now... It is a hilarious hashtag to kind of scroll through Twitter and see all the pictures of people sharing their kind of sleeping stations or workstations uh, makeshift. Because a lot of people won't be staying in the usual places, what they've decided to do this year instead of a fully-fledged hashtag, do they know it's Christmas? Um, It's been going for 10 years, so he, Rodri, has collected the all-time top 100 of the last 10 years images of people that has shown it will be shared on christmas eve from 8 20 p.m greenwich mean time one announced every minute so if you want something a little light and something to kind of have a bit of a laugh at this christmas definitely jump on twitter hashtag do they know it's christmas again you can scroll through and see previous years or wait till Christmas Eve, 8.20pm Greenwich Mean Time, which I think will be Christmas Day morning Australia time, and you will see the best 100 submissions. It's become a bit of a, a ritual and tradition on Christmas on Twitter, and in this one I highly recommend jumping on board with. Tomorrow morning, 10am, Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my god! Santa here? I know him. It almost feels a bit like an understatement, but for so many people this Christmas is going to be so different, particularly with the last minute changes and restrictions in the UK, overseas, and also domestically in Australia, which I know have not only kind of upset, but, you know, completely smashed through so many people's plans. So I'm really happy today to be talking to Bette Pitts, who is a general psychologist based in Tasmania, who has some great tips and advice for so many of us, all of us this Christmas in regards to our mental health. So I think this is going to be a segment that, um, will be important for a lot of people to hear. Beck, thank you so much for joining me on A Christmas Binge. I am very much looking forward to picking your brain on some advice and tips that I think people will be uh, much in need of and very appreciative of even this festive season. So thank you so much for joining me today. 
That's all right. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's such a, a big topic to talk about and um, obviously very fitting with everything that's happening at the moment. To go straight in, particularly this Christmas, more so than any Christmas, is going to be one kind of mm. like no other for many people. There's a lot of different situations and a lot of things going on. And mm-hmm. so as a general psychologist, are you noticing a common thread of particularly this year, what people are concerned about or seeking advice on? Are there any trends or common topics that you're you're noticing popping up? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think because I've been in Tasmania, so I think there's been a very different experience Um for everyone across Australia, like it's been absolutely different and different for people at different times of this year. I wouldn't say necessarily that there's a common thread that I've noticed. I think it's either exacerbated things that people were already struggling with or they're on the flip side, you've also had people kind of present with new concerns so anxiety or or depression or things around that or even quite commonly I think eating concerns have been a lot more common um, or at least people are struggling with that a lot more at the moment and I think in in part we haven't had access to all the coping stuff that we normally have access to. So when you generally think about it, our day-to-day, you know, things like, say, going to the gym, things like catching up with friends, um, things like being able to get out of the house, they're all things that we use to kind of, you know, pad us and, and kind of get us through. And they, they help us kind of cope. And when we don't have access to those things, it obviously becomes a lot harder. And so I think a lot of the times I've asked, you know, questions to people of is you know, is COVID kind of impacting what's going on for you at the moment? And they will often say no, but I guess when we look at it more broadly, it's not that they've experienced, say, a job loss that they might directly relate to to COVID or that they're struggling with those sort of things that we might specifically link to COVID, but it's more that broader picture that COVID has affected where we just don't have those same coping skills available to us. And so, yeah, I think when we look at things more broadly, um, we can say, yeah, well, COVID has had such a direct impact, but it might not look that way initially. And I think as we do talk about Christmas and obviously as we're talking, even in Australia, lots of things are changing very quickly. Mm. So, you know, people that initially had plans to finally, you know, reunite with family might not be able to now, or alternatively, people who might have had plans to go away might be kind of locked down or or not stuck, but potentially stuck with family again for long Mm -hmm. periods of times. So I suppose there's kind of two sides to that. So we'll start with spending time with family. Obviously, you know, a lot of the conversations about Christmas focus on being with family as a positive. That's not necessarily the case for everybody lots of people you know time with family or relationships with family can actually be quite trying so what would be your advice or recommendations for someone dealing with this yeah absolutely um and I think it is as you said like often spoken about in such a positive light but that's not the case um for everyone and family relationships are just so complex and so yeah I guess what I would sort of say is we we haven't had as much social interaction altogether and so I think even just being around family or large groups of people um even if we get on brilliantly with them can be intense um, and we might actually struggle with that anyway and that's going to be absolutely normal if we're having that experience and it might you know we might find that overwhelming or we might find that a bit difficult to navigate just after this year where we haven't had that 
kind of intense interaction. I guess there's a few things that I often talk about with people and, I mean, it probably comes as no surprise, but definitely boundaries being that first one. So if there's things that we, we're, we're kind of agreeing to or we feel as though we're people-pleasing in some ways that aren't actually serving us, if we can put in boundaries, you know, do put those boundaries in, whether that's the amount of time, if we do have control over that, that we're spending with people or how many events we go to, things like that. And, and being being assertive with that. So assertiveness doesn't have to be, you know, seen as being pushy or, uh, you know, bitchy or however else we, we might kind of perceive that sometimes. Assertiveness is still being polite but putting in those boundaries and being okay with that. And then I guess the what I've been talking about quite a lot this year with people is having a bit of a think about what kind of rest we might need. So if we're with family and that's a bit of an overwhelming experience for us, is it that we need, say, physical rest because we're jumping from event to event to event if we can do that? Is it that we've you know we've had a busy time up until this period and we physically just need rest is it that we need mental rest have things just been I guess struggling with a lot of a lot of what's going on at the moment and we need that kind of mental space away from stuff is it sensory rest is it we're just feeling overwhelmed with the amount of people around us or the conversations that we have to engage in is it that we need to take some time away from that and that, I guess, sensory rest might be, it might be the first time that we're struggling with this. Um, we might not have actually struggled with sensory uh, kind of overwhelmed before. And given that we haven't had as much time with people, it might be the first time that we're really struggling with that. And that that's absolutely okay if that's a new thing for us. It's just being able to recognise that and know that it's okay to take some time away um, if we need that. Or is it, for example, emotional rest? So we've had a lot on our plates emotionally. We've also been probably trying to support everyone else around us. And while that's so wonderful, it also means that it adds up and it adds up and adds up. And it might be that it gets to a stage where we just need some space away from supporting people or some space away from kind of dealing with those hard emotions if we can and sort of thinking about how we can factor all that in. Yeah, that's such good advice. And particularly as you were saying, like it is important, you know, lot people have been impacted by COVID and the things around it in different ways. It is, per- mm. it's, it's a really important reminder, I think, that we haven't had as much social interaction. So what would be normal in a normal year can feel very different. So I think that's really kind of refreshing to hear that it doesn't necessarily have to be a big thing. It can just be an awareness that we're, we've dealt with things in a different way and things might impact us in different ways. On the flip side, as we mentioned, there are many people, as we said, particularly as situations in Australia are changing very fast that might not be able to be reunited with family for Christmas. Uh, and particularly, you know, that's very applicable to lots of Australians overseas and people um, internationally generally. What are some tips or kind of coping strategies that you'd recommend for people who are facing a very different Christmas and possibly not even with friends or family? Yeah, and it's it's going to be really difficult, I think, given that we've been really looking forward to Christmas. And I think for a large number of people, that was kind of 
feel starting to feel a little bit like that endpoint for us. Um, and we've had with the, the situation in New South Wales, a lot of people had strong plans to spend time with family over Christmas. And I know on social media, I've seen people in lockdown who have come back or returned from New South Wales and had all intentions to spend time with family over Christmas and now are in quarantine and, and unable to do that. So I think it's really important to kind of point out that that would be an incredibly trying time and it, uh, it's a big change and a shift and that will kind of bring up some big emotions and that that's okay. I think in terms of coping through it, I know throughout this year we've jumped on and on and on about the use of technology and we're probably all pretty over it um, and that's really understandable. In some ways it has really given us a unique way to interact that I don't think we've ever really used in this way before. I know personally I haven't used technology as much to stay connected with family and friends before and it has been, been a strong positive. I would, I guess one of the first things I would sort of say is trying to either keep up the, the Christmas rituals or traditions that you were doing. If it's, say, if it's baking gingerbread, you know, before Christmas in the lead up, can you do that with your family at the same time over Zoom? Is it creating your own sort of rituals with um, the people in your household if you can do that? Um, is it sort of thinking, oh, well, I know that um, I know that Christmas Eve or Christmas morning is going to be really difficult, so um, I'm going to plan to do X activity that I know I enjoy, you know, whether it has a bit of a Christmas theme or not. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's watching Christmas movies or um, if that's something that used to be a tradition or something that you think would be a good time or is there, you know, playing board games or what other things do you enjoy doing? So trying to, I guess, plan and, and factor those things in. I think it's probably really important to recognise that there will be a lot of emotions that come up both in the lead up to Christmas Day, on Christmas Day and I'm, I'm sure after Christmas Day as well. And there can be a lot of pressure that Christmas is a joyful time. That isn't the case, you know, every year it can be such a trying time for people but particularly this year as well. And so if you wake up on Christmas morning and you're just not feeling yourself or if you're feeling a little bit off, that's going to be a normal part of that. Feelings like grief and sadness and jealousy and envy are all normal parts of what will come up for us. And that's absolutely okay to be experiencing. And even though there is that pressure for Christmas to be such a joyful time. And I think that that last thing that you mentioned is something that I think, I mean, I, that I personally will def have definitely been aware of is, you know, as people are in different situations, social media is a great way to share it, but can also be quite you know, an ardent reminder of what you're not experiencing. So I suppose how can we, as you mentioned, you know, it's p perfectly normal to feel upset or even a little bit jealous about what you're seeing other people do if you're not doing what you would normally do. Are there any things that we can do to, I suppose, there's no way to prevent it, but to kind of like keep it in perspective if we are seeing that? Is it a case of just maybe staying off social media for the day if it is something that you do find particularly upsetting? Yeah, I think there's a there's a couple of parts of that 
question that are really good to touch on. And I think the first thing that I want to touch on is often as a society, when we talk about being jealous, it's not often talked about in a good way. I think we can we can feel jealous and then we feel like a secondary emotion of feeling uh, guilty or angry at ourselves for feeling that emotion. But I guess all emotions, whether we view them as, you know, classically kind of negative or positive, they all have they all have a purpose and they're usually trying to tell us something. So, you know, when we feel jealous, for example, jealousy is telling us that we have something that's important to us that we either want to protect or that we feel is under threat. And in this situation, you know, an example would be this connection and time spent with family. We feel as though that's really important to us and we don't have that. And so that's where I guess jealousy can come up. And then there's also envy which is when someone has something that is important to us that we want and so when it comes to kind of COVID and Christmas envy will be an emotion that will come up and it's it's really telling us something it's telling us what we value it's telling us that we value time with our families or it tells us that we value this holiday period and this downtime and so it's actually a really, really important emotion and I would always encourage people when they feel an emotion to kind of stop and think, what is this emotion actually telling me? Because they all serve a purpose. I think what you touched on with social media is really, really true. There's a lot of things this year that have been out of our control, but there are certainly some things that are in our control. So if we can predict ahead and think, okay, I know that Christmas is going to be a tough time for me, what things can I put in place for myself to make this a little bit easier for me? And one of those things can absolutely be taking time off social media. We don't often see the full picture on social media and so we can do a lot of comparison and we we all do this and often when we compare we're usually comparing upwards so we're comparing to the things that we don't necessarily have or that we think people have that are better than us we don't normally do that downward comparison and we can often step away from that a not having a full picture of what's going on for that person um or and be feeling pretty crappy um, with ourselves afterwards. Yeah, there's some really great tips there as well. And I suppose finally, we've kind of touched on a few different kind of strategies and things that we can do for specific situations. But I suppose generally when people are, you know, a bit more aware about their mental health, particularly after this year, is there anything else or expanded on that you think people should consider or think about if they're looking to really best take care of their mental health at this time of year? I I think one of the things that I speak about with people quite often is this concept of us having a bit of a life bucket or a stress bucket might be another term that people use. And so it's often, I guess, firstly looking at what is in our stress bucket. And for this year particularly, there's lots of things in there that we normally wouldn't have in there. And we haven't had a handbook on how to cope with that. Um, So there might be things that we're dealing with for the first time. When I guess I talk to clients about this concept, I often talk about it in three different ways. So firstly, looking at what's in our stress bucket and if there are things that we can take out that's great. In this situation, there's lots of things outside of our control that we might not be able to shift from that bucket necessarily. Um, But there are things that, as I've touched on before, that are are in our control and that we might be able to take out. So whether that's uh, boundary setting with family or 
yeah, taking on less events or things like that, if we can do that. The other thing I kind of look at is, well, how can we make our bucket bigger? And that's things such as self-care, you know, mindfulness. It might be going for walks, our usual kind of coping strategies. How can we use those to make our bucket bigger? And the third thing is, well, when our bucket does overflow, what can we do in that situation? So is it some sort of deep breathing? What kind of things settle us when our bucket does overflow and what does that look like? So I I guess, yeah, when we're talking about looking after our mental health, they're kind of the three things that are really good to sort of think about and look at. And that's going to be different for all of us. And that's going to be a, yeah, a normal part of that. I think one of the, the biggest things right now is self-compassion. This year has been like no other year. It has it's gone, I mean, personally for myself, I feel like it has gone so quickly, but also feels like 300 years have been smushed into like <laughs> one year. <laughs> and I feel like it's yeah, been like I've cool. jumped from March to December and I almost feel like, is it Christmas? I don't know. Um, or is it just <laughs> March for the fall? Another week. Time, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there's, there's no rule book on how to deal with this and we're all trying to to deal with this for the first time um, and to work out what works for us. So it might be a bit of trial and error. Things that were working earlier in this year might not work as well now and we might need to shift that up and that's okay. But being kind to ourselves, absolutely. I think that's the biggest kind of takeaway. Beck, thank you so much. So much of what you've said I know is going to be exactly what people need to hear, like you said, to kind of remind themselves to be kind to themselves. So thank you so much for sharing all those great tips and advice and was there anything else that we hadn't covered that you think is important yeah oh I think just remembering that there are services across Australia that are there for us and I'm sure there will be services that will be doing some specific Christmas content um or will be kind of um more available perhaps over Christmas so I guess no knowing that this year has been so hard um just because we're nearing the end of it doesn't mean that these emotions are going to have a shut off point I think we've all been kind of looking at the end of 2020 as our our finish line and not really wanting to look further than that and just knowing that just because we've reached the end doesn't mean that that these emotions are going to shut off and it's okay if we do need more professional help because that is out there I know that for young people aged 12 to 25 there's a service called eHeadspace which offers some support via phone or online chat and they're around I think maybe one o'clock in the morning for memory so they're always a good support as well kids helpline similarly do a service like that too and then for people outside of that age bracket you do have um, services like lifeline and mensline if you do need to reach out for more some more professional support if you're wanting to have a more of an ongoing chat with a psychologist I would always suggest touch base with your GP first they're going to be a really good uh, support and kind of launching pad in helping you navigate getting some more ongoing support. Fantastic. And I'll make sure that all the links to those resources that you mentioned will be available in the show notes as well. So people can easily find numbers and websites if they need them. Beck, thank you 
so much. Uh, like I said, so many great pieces of advice and strategies that I think a lot of people will be grateful for and, and hopefully using this Christmas. So thank you. Uh, just to note as well that the advice in today's segment is prepared for educational purposes only. Advice is broad and not specific to individual circumstances and does not supplement individual psychological therapy. If you do need crisis support or someone to talk to over this difficult period and you are in Australia, there are services such as eHeadspace for people aged 12 to 25. Their contact number is 1800 650 890. Kids Helpline is also available for anyone aged 5 to 25. You can reach them on 1800 55 1800. And for people of any age, there is Lifeline on 13 11 14 and Men's Line on 1300 78 99 78. And the links and phone numbers to all of those resources can be found in the show notes as well. Enough now. We're counting down to Christmas. We're spending all of our pain. We're getting so excited We need a holiday Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode, the season finale of season two of A Christmas Binge. I hope you enjoyed the series of chats that we had in this episode and thank you so much to all my wonderful guests for sharing their stories and tips um, I hope it has been a very interesting thought-provoking and festive listen for you today you can find uh, all the links of everything mentioned including that Christmas quiz in the show notes of this episode if you did enjoy this episode and you think that you have another Christmas lover in your life who might enjoy it send them the link to the episode or post a screenshot on your instagram story and tag me at a christmas binge so i can see it once you are sick of christmas for another year you can dive into my prettier podcast called beauty island where i ask interesting people in beauty and beyond about the eight beauty products that they would take to a desert island along the way we learn more about their life career and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today You can find the link in the show notes or simply search Beauty Island wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, not to sound like a broken record, but thank you so much for your support for this season, the second season of A Christmas Binge. It has been a wonderful process bringing it together and hearing all your feedback. I hope that you have a lovely Christmas if you celebrate. Hopefully uh, a happy holiday, safe and happy holiday and break if you don't. Wishing you all the best for the end of this year and so many positive thoughts and hopes and dreams for 2021 and the year ahead. Thank you so, so much. And until next year, bye-bye.